when do we get to the teaching part? Well, come on. First, you put your right hand and then your left hand like this, and then you drink it like this. A thirsty Lord. Some of mine. 
and I would drink from the wine, the new wine, said the Lord. And the Lord would say unto me, this night I'm pouring forth and pouring out, saith the Lord. Out of the river, saith the Lord. Out of the river, saith the Lord. The new wine of gladness, the new wine of joy, the new wine of hope, the new wine of deliverance, saith the Lord. Drink deeply, saith the Lord. Drink deeply, saith the Lord. For thou do not know, saith the Lord. What will happen? But you're in my hand, saith the Lord. So drink, 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 old drink. Drink, 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 Today, hey, 
me honor you, servants of the Most High. It's good to see you. It's good to have you. Uh-huh. It's good to feel the flutter of your wings in this place. I just thank you, Lord, for every viewer watching online. Oh, there's fire. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. He cares for you. He wants to expand your spiritual senses by reason of exercise to bring you into a greater maturity in your spirit. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> Doesn't that sound realistically attainable based on the living word of God, which is true? <laughs> Oh, Jesus. God is bringing us into a place where he is said he is going to demystify mysticism. Because all that is is hyped up about the truth. All you need to do is simply read the word of God in the Holy Spirit and believe it. Abraham was credited with righteousness. What is this advanced training? Ooh. Abraham believed God. He believed what God said, and that was credited to him as righteousness. There it is. Simple as that. Wow. I mean, that's it. <laughs> you see, that's what the enemy hates so much, is God has made these things so simple. Well, what do I have to mentally ascertain to the full capacity of my... You know, insert dark moon language here with the spiritual words and a few Bible verses. And, you know, pay me a thousand dollars. And then you can have it in our classes, but then you have to sign a waiver that you won't tell anybody else about what we teach. And it's your fault if it doesn't work. Sound good? <laughs> that is your typical Ascension class layout. Your typical New Age online program promising you peace, love, joy, and happiness that doesn't work. As we've talked about on Neverland Glory Acid, you should check out on Jake's show in the evenings. What do we talk about? Your light working isn't really working, is it? And don't laugh at the New Agers. How's your Christianity going for you? Are you in a continual ecstasy of peace, love, and joy? Are you blissfully happy for the person who cuts you off on the highway, the person who comes into your work and yells at you? Are you so drunk on love that you all you can do is smile right back at them with a dreamy look of love and just say, have a great day? Is that our instinctual response? If not, don't worry, there's hope for you. It's called the I am in you. Hallelujah. God loves you. <laughs> And he is Jesus Christ. You are to be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. Overflowing from within you. How I do that. How I can do what I need to have to. I, but I, I tried so hard. I just can't. I memorized. It's okay. Just take a drink. 
You see, the thing is, we can't give away something that we don't have. <laughs> so we're trying to love out of a place of mental ability. I read about love. I, you know, I think I know what love is. I'm pretty generally nice person. I try to be loving. But there's something that's just not quite strong enough to change the circumstances, the situations, the people, and my job, and my family around me. What is it that we need? It is the Father's love. What was his love? On the way over here, I saw a license plate that said MVP 316. This is the love of God. For God the Father so loved the earth that he sent his one and only begotten Son, that whoever should believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. And this is eternal life, it is written, is to know him. That's eternal life, is to know him. To know him. To know him within. What is it the Holy Spirit said to me? was the most important message of our generation, and you might have heard it a thousand times over here at Joel's Bar, but it is Christ within you, the hope of realizing the glory. I was in a training session in the night with the Holy Spirit. Oh, holy, holy, holy. And I saw Bobby Connor playing the organ and making jokes and laughing, laughing at my family members who came into the glory, and it was a vision of glory. And so we just speak, yeah, the glory over your family members. You call them the glory on your families and your unsaved relatives and everyone watching. Those people you're praying for to come into the kingdom, let the glory get them. Let there be, ooh, let there be, oh, they got a target on their back for him to say, and you know what? Forget about that. Let them have a target on their back for all the holy angels. Every prophet and prophetess they walk by in the grocery store, every Starbucks drive through be person barista be possessed with the holy spirit sovereignly to speak messages to them every bumper sticker they see every sign they see like what is going on someone's trying to get a message through let that come upon them now in jesus name thank you lord for it we're just coming into agreement together to see the salvation of your loved ones and your workplaces amen well in this vision i saw bobby connor and he was playing the organ and making fun of my family for taking so long to get into the glory. <laughs> and I was laughing at him with him. And we're singing songs and everyone's getting into the spirit, you know, feeling the presence of God. And I noticed there's a lot of, I noticed in that place I saw a lot of people who are in the drunken glory. And I seen uh, a lot of people who were coming out of cessation background, which is just a big word for people who somewhat believe in God, they don't really believe that God really does anything too crazy, you know, just, I don't know about the tongues, just, those unicorn tongues, I just don't know about that, I don't know about those healings, we already have the Bible, so we don't need healed, you know, all that kind of stuff, but I saw these groups of people all coming together in the glory, and I saw the Holy Spirit, and we got into the worship, and everyone started to sway and get a little intoxicated on divine love of the presence of God and then I saw my dad and he calls me up there and I run up there the Holy Spirit said I need you to say something and I said well what is it the first thing the Holy Spirit told me to say 
when I came up to the mic, he said, I want you to tell them that once you realize the glory of Christ within your own spirit, you, will, you should no longer, you have no need to fear of bewitchment and lifting your hands in praise and worship. You know I'm within you. This is the spout where the glory comes out. And you are actually seated in the heavenly places. So you can just be caught up into an ecstasy where you're literally before the throne of the Father. And you are actually there because that realm is base reality. What is that? All the philosophers, all the wise men, all the schooled people, the, the, the smartest people of our age are trying to find what they call base reality. Because they realize this isn't it. All their calculations, all the everything that they study, in all realms of science and philosophy, the pinnacle of those things, they are discovering that this natural dimension is not base reality. It's not, and they know that. So there's, there's coming a point where there's no more room for hiding and reasoning and knowledge to be an excuse to not believe in God. Even the science points to him now. But anyway, the spirit realm is more real. That which is seen was made out of that which is unseen. How many know the temporal fades away? That the elements will be melted and the old heavens and the earth will be rolled up like a scroll. And there will come a new heavens and a new earth. Ha ha ha. Reality is the unseen realm, and it's more real than what you're accustomed to looking at. So we set our eyes on that which is unseen. You have the right, biblically, written in the living word of God, to set both your natural eyes and your spirit eyes on the unseen realm. That is part of your inheritance in Christ. And the religious demon would like to keep you from that, or say, oh, that's not just for the super... Apostles and the special seers. Uh-uh. I'll tell you what. You keep feeding your spirit, feasting on the word of God, drinking the blood of Jesus. How many know child development? That it's written in the Proverbs, written by Solomon. He talks about looking at the natural realm to learn and discern those things of the unseen. You know, we consider the ant. We consider the way of the eagle in the sky. All these things in the natural realm a lot of them are metaphors, allegorical things that you can look at and come to an understanding of what is unseen. And how many of you know in child development, the ear forms, the eye forms. So wouldn't it make sense if you are growing your spirit that the eyes form and they come through, that the veil has already been torn and all you need to do is look. Blessed are your eyes, for they see. Blessed are your ears, for they hear. In all dimensions of the spirit. If you are seated with Christ at his right hand in the heavenly places, as an ambassador of Jesus Christ on the earth dimension, don't ambassadors in this world have rights? Ambassadors in this world have rights. Where they are, they are financed by the country they come from. They are backed in every way by the country that they come from. They're provided for by the country which they come from. 
They have rights to go back home and visit from time to time, don't they? You have rights to visit your homeland in the spirit. <laughs> you can visit your father every day. He lives within you. You can hear, you can see, you can taste, you can touch, you can feel the pleasures of heaven. And it's in that experience of seeing and hearing and feeling and smelling and tasting of the heavenly pleasures of your virgin King Jesus in all his purity of his heavenlies that your senses become golden and then pure white. Your senses, a feast for your senses. Feast your eyes upon this chaste, virgin, pure king. And so in the services, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to let them know that once they realize the glory within, there is no longer any fear of lifting your hands, putting your hands, Right. He said, lift up your hands and worship. You are no longer bewitched. You have not been given the spirit of the fear of religion, but the spirit of, what is it? Power, love, and a sound mind. And mind in a lot of those verses actually means imagination. Uh -huh -huh. A pure imagination. Your creator's ability the very reason why you've been bombarded since birth with the lust and the perversion and the greed and the idolatry and the immorality of the fallen angel ways because they want to taint the imagination. Your imagination is a pertinent part of the greatest commandment ever given. And the word for mind, which means imagination, it is called, in Greek, dianoia. It's tuanoia. <laughs> because the intellect, the wise intellect of the chaste, pure, virgin spirit is an annoyance to the intellect of the fallen mind, the carnal brain. Doesn't understand the things of the spirit. What does my imagination have to do with anything? That's just baby talk. That's just child's play <laughs> those are the things of the man child Jesus Christ they are easily accessible for you easily you're gonna come into an ease of the spirit you're gonna come into a flow of the known when to come and when to go. He's blessing your going and your coming. No longer fearing of being in the wrong timing. Understanding that the word is written that you'll be in the right place at the right time, in the right season. By the Holy Spirit of God. It's all the fears coming off. Freedom to dance, freedom to sing, freedom to soak. Freedom to get a bell ringer in the glory the freedom he wants to bring you into the greatest commandment of your imagination <laughs> here it is Matthew 22 37 through 38 Jesus answered him this is when they asked him what the greatest commandment was 
Jesus answered him, Love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you. This is the great and supreme commandment. And in the Amplified Classic, it says, And he replied to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, intellect. And that word there, dianoia, means the imagination. What is the intellect of the spirit? It's your gift of imagination, the connector between your soul and your spirit. Why is it that prophet Bob Jones place such a huge importance on the cleansing and the washing and the purification of the conscience and the imagination. Because if you have a pure conscience, your conscience is your spirit, he said. You'd be led by your conscience. You need that cleaned up by the washing of the water of the word. Ask for it. Pray for it. Lean into it. Behold the Lord. Because what you focus on, what you're beholding, that's like what you're becoming. When you fill up your soul, Gwen Shaw teaching on the dividing line between the soul and the spirit so that the things that affect you in the natural and the things that affect you in the soul can permeate through and affect the spirit. That's why we need the washing. The constant washing of the water of the word will cleanse your soul, washing the flesh from all the things that you encounter in Babylon the Great and your day-to-day -day lives so that your spirit man isn't corrupted walking through this life. Set your eyes on that which is unseen, treasures unseen within. So you have a sparkling conscience, you get a cleansing in your soul, healing in your body, healing in your mind. Now your imagination, many of you are coming into a place where the Lord wants to cleanse and purify your imagination. Well, what is my imagination, my screen, this thing, well, is it this kind of vision, that kind of... Just don't even worry about that, that's this going in loops. Let's just take it easy. Let's talk about Sesame Street. You know Big Bird, Sesame Street, Tickle Me Elmo, the Cookie Monster, Dracula, the, what is it, the Count Dracula, the, what is it, the, what is the Count, is it, the, is it Count Dracula, the little vampire guy that does the elevator scenes, the little garbage can dude, Oscar. So as I'm talking about Sesame Street, didn't those images just come into your mind? You could see Big Bird. You could see Cookie Monster. That's your imagination right there. It's, the f it's that picture frame, that TV screen, that tablet of your mind, your imagination. As I'm describing these visual things to you and you begin to see them or you picture them, that is your imagination. So now when you go places and you do things and, and the enemy tries to bring something negative to mind. You encounter things of immorality or lust or, or greed or revenge, hatred, murder, or just unpleasant things that seem to assault your imagination. What you can do through exercise of your spiritual senses as it is written by reason of use. That means using it. <laughs> Set your mind, set your imagination on Jesus Christ. In our ADHD, ADD, and OCD generation, we tend to not be able to focus on one thing for any period of time. 
I mean, sit down and try and read the Bible. How long does that last? Even the Bible spa, you know, we find ourselves, you know, have to do some other thing. This has been a generation where we've been awarded and rewarded in the workforce for being capable of multitasking. It's a pride point. Oh, I can do this job because I'm a great multitasker. But what is it that the prophet Bobby Connor said that God detests about us seeking him? He detests multitasking. He wants our vision and our focus to be single and full of light. Not because he's me, not because he's rude, not that there's not a place of just relaxing and enjoying in the glory. But there is a place that he wants to bring your mind and your imagination. Focused on him. And there's an exercise and a practice of setting your mind and your senses, beholding the Lord, just like Jian Guyan. Why did she teach? Coming into the presence of God and the beholding of the Lord. Because it fills that screen, that imagination, with the things of heaven, with beautiful things, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are pure, whatever things are good. That's why I, I love on uh, YouTube, you have the music videos with the, you know, the horses and the ponies and the fields and the mountains and the flowers and the majestic music. Why is it that those things inspire the human soul? For creativity, you know, artists, why did all these things, they get inspired when they behold creation because God created it and he called it good. But mankind through the fallen angels has perverted the things that God has made and called it good and called it very good. The very good things are the things that have been the most perverted. So in these extreme times of the potent sorcery of Babylon that could deceive, even if possible, the elect, we need a savior. We need a savior for our minds. For the screen of our imagination. For the realms of our soul. To simply behold him. Oh, as I'm cooking, as I'm walking, as I'm creating, as I'm working, beholding the Lord, like Brother Lawrence, continually beholding the Lord, practicing his presence, not just in the feeling of it, but also in the beholding of him in that place of the mind and the imagination. That is the purification of that place, and that is the place of power to cross over that divide between soul and spirit and that is where you start to get into transportation miracles you want to fly in the spirit you want to travel to the other side of the world and pray for people and fly back home in the middle of the night this is one of the keys well we don't need to seek after that Blah, blah, blah. We don't want to hear your excuses. Some of us want to fly around and have fun with the Lord. <laughs> you can do it. There's nothing stopping you. There's nobody stopping you but you. Just simply beholding him. 
setting your affections on him continually, talking to him. Sharing every moment of every day, walking together, playing together, crying together, whatever it is. And I think you'll be surprised at how easily it comes when you take just a little time, a little discipline. They say the average person can only hold the attention of the mind in the imagination for about 15 seconds or so on average, without discipline. What does it take to be in the Word every day? A discipline. What does it take to learn and be great in anything? Musical instruments, the joy, the drunken glory. That'll give you the creative power and the joy in being one in the Holy Spirit to be the best at what you're called to do. And then there's the daily discipline. And you don't do it from a place of pain in the old man. No, you've been made a new create creation, a new creature in Christ. You can flow in it. You can walk in it. You can have joy in it. You can walk in it. The seer realm is for you. It's a part of your inheritance. You can have it if you want. Well, what's the point? Because you'll be doing what you see your father doing. What's the point in hearing in the spirit? Hearing what the father is saying and doing and saying what you hear him say. I think you'll be surprised at the results yielded from just a little bit of time and practice. When you go to bed, you're beholding the Lord, you're waiting on the Lord. You're bringing continually before your face, before your mind, the things that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. And he'll begin to teach you in the night watches. <laughs> D, Dianoia, the mind, the imagination. In Strong's Concordance, it's also called the moral understanding. Mark 12, 30, Amplified Classic. And you shall love the Lord your God out of and with your whole heart and out of and with all your soul, your life and out of and with all your mind, with your faculty of thought, and your moral understanding, and out of and with all your strength. This is the first and principal commandment, the supreme commandment, the first and principal commandment includes the sanctification and the use of your mind, your imagination, your dianoia, holy unto the Lord. <laughs> Luke one fifty one. 
He has shown strength and made might with his arm. He has scattered the proud and haughty in and by the imagination and purpose and design of their hearts. Wow. He's downfalling them by the moral understanding of their own imagination. The downfall that comes through the moral understanding the perversion of the imagination. So we want to walk in the opposite of that. And the purification of the chaste virgin King Jesus sanctifying your imagination. Constantly beholding him. Walking in the spirit. Living in the spirit. Seeing in the spirit. Hearing in the spirit. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And you'll begin to hear the voice like many waters. And it may start out in your dreams. And never say a dream is just a dream. A very large percentage of all instructions and writings, there's a large percentage of that in the Bible that just simply came from dreams. And how are you going to know which, how do I know which dreams to trust? What if it's blah, blah, blah? Do not worry. Do not fear it is written. You feast on the word when you are continually beholding the Lord and feasting on the word. He is not going to lead you astray. It's when we forsake the word and we get out there and go beyond all these things that are written. We kind of come into a weird place. We're open to these other things. But that which you're beholding is what you magnify with your mind, your thoughts, your imagination. You will come into an experience of what you are putting your focus on. There have been stories of uh, people or even kids who would get focused and obsessed on something they saw or learned about. And it became an obsession until it became a demon possession. And so we want the opposite of that. We want to focus our mind on the heavenlies throughout the day. Like Brother Lawrence, and he's washing the dishes, and he's working, and he's doing all these things, and he's continually beholding the Lord. And when you're waking up, you're looking to see, you're looking at your angels. You're seeing the feathers coming down. You're looking at the angel flashes. You're praying in tongues. You're speaking in tongues. You're speaking the oracles of the Father. You're prophesying. You're sharing testimonies with your family. Talking about what God is doing. Encouraging each other with psalms and scriptures and songs and the Lord. You're revelating day and night. You're like a tree planted by streams of living water. Bearing fruit in every season. Because you're continually drinking where you're planted. And you're singing a new song to the Lord. Who knows? He wants to bring you into the new thing. We want to step in tonight. Heavenly Father, into the new thing that you're doing. We don't know what it is. We've never heard of it. We've never seen it. Even if we've had a small taste 
or a prophecy of the things to come. We don't understand it. We don't know it, but we want it. But we want it. You can step into the new thing. No one can stop you. That's what Ruth Heflin said. I was reading her book the other night. And she said, don't wait for anyone. Walk into the new thing. You don't need to wait for your family to understand. You don't need to wait for your coworkers to come along. You don't need to wait for the mood and the atmosphere or the right song to come on. You just need to move into the new thing. And you can do it. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier than the religious demon would make it out to be. Ask for it. He said, you have not because you ask not. So we ask you, Heavenly Father, we ask you, seated at the right hand of Jesus, seated at your right hand with Jesus, full of your Holy Spirit, we ask you to move us into the new thing you want us to do, the new thing you want us to step into, signs and wonders and miracles that glorify you, that follow, that follow your people as we do what we see you doing, as we say what we see you saying. And as we were in this place and Bobby Connor was laughing and singing, the Holy Spirit said to say to them, don't be afraid to lift your hands. Once you've realized the glory of Christ within inside your spirit, you need not be afraid. And at that moment, I saw the dark, like dark, darkness, like little black cloud just poof, come out of the people in Jesus name. And then I looked at the the cessationist people, the people who didn't really know, didn't really know the Holy Spirit all that well, didn't really get the whole tongues thing. And he said, this is the most important message of your generation. Christ within you, the hope of realizing the glory. And they realized the glory and they shouted with joy and they got drunk in the spirit and let your families receive the Holy Spirit. Let them be drunk in the spirit. And then I saw all together as God's people, the glory people now mel melded with the people who used to be the cessationist people lifting their hands in worship and the whole community got caught up into the glory, into the heavens, into the third heavens before the throne of the Father. And they realized the Father. They realized that they were in heaven. In actuality. And they looked at him and worshipped him. And some were slain in the spirit. Some passed out and fainted in the glory. <laughs> and signs and miracles and wonders and healings flood through. Now you'll notice on your journey, as you start to sanctify your imagination and you behold the Lord... It'll start out in your dreams. You might start out seeing little things when you're awake here and there. What was that? Was that just a regular bush that normally catches on fire in the desert? Or was there something more here? What did you see, Joshua? Look again. You see a branch. 
When you notice something in passing, it gives your mind a, a, a time and an, an ability to choose one of two things. You can reason it away. Oh, that was just, I don't know, that was just something. That was just something natural. It couldn't have been, you know. Or you can look again. So when something catches you and you stop to look, oh, was that, was that something supernatural? Don't let this thing explain it away. There's something hidden in there for you. Look again and you'll start to see. And you'll start to see in your dreams. And you'll start to get a pure imagination. And you'll start to cross over. Your consciousness. Your conscience. Your consciousness. Crossing that bridge between the mind over the soul into the spirit. And some of you, after getting, and this is what I'm speaking over myself too, because who knows that even though we can't give away what we don't fully have, God wants us to step into a new thing that none of us have done before. And he has said in his word that we should speak a thing that is not as though it is and boldly step into the promised land and take it violently, by force, not by might, not by power, but by his Holy Spirit within us. And some of you will cross over and be in the spirit and you'll be here in the natural and eventually they'll get closer and closer to where those realms for you begin to overlap and you'll see the spirit realm overlapping the natural realm and you will walk in both realms at the same time and that might sound like something pretty far off but it starts with a simple discipline. He's laying out the flow. He's laying out the keys. And maybe you've walked in a measure of it. But you want more. Who, how many of you want more of what the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ has for you? To walk in power. To walk in healing. So when you see the angel that your Heavenly Father has sent from the kingdom of heaven within you. That you can obey. How many of you know that we've been set lower than his angels for a time? Until the fullness of transfiguration of the renewing of the mind. To the living word of God to be transformed in our mind, body, in our spirit. Until we're kind of burning fiery flames like the angels, like Metatron, like a little Yahweh. We're a little lower than the angels. <laughs> And they're helping us out, and we're thankful for it. So then when one of them shows up, you know how to test them. You know the word of God. And you can work with them and obey what your father has asked you to do. Passing our tests of obedience, passing our tests of purity, and the ease of the glory. This was something that back in February the Lord started to speak to me. He said, 
I want my people. And he was talking about specifically people in our tribe to walk in the mystical things. And, and I saw this pure heart desire, like little children playing in the spiritual realm, like, man, like a company of man-child warriors, sanctified by the truth. The word is truth. Your word is truth. To walk in the holiness, to walk in the fear and the awe of God, the worshipful fear and the awe of God, the joy and the praise, the power, the authority, the authority that comes from his character developed in you by patiently persevering through the suffering, through the mistreatment that you go through in this world. The power of the good fruit formed within you. Fruitful, a fruitful bride. Bringing fruit into maturity, feasting on more fruit. Producing and bearing more fruit. Don't wait on anybody else. You walk in it. You learn it. You go into the discipline of it. Walk in the character. Develop the character of Christ. Walk in forgiveness. Walk in joy. Grow, grow in a greater grace every day. And as you begin to step into these things and you learn them and you walk in them, and you begin to share and to train and to teach others and activate others in it. And soon, you'll have a company of holy, fully devoted ones who've laid down and cast down every vain imagination that exalts itself against the Most High God and cast it into the lake of fire. And you'll rise as you wait on the Lord, as you move and as you walk, and as you live and have your being in him, you will rise, your youth will be restored and renewed as the eagle soaring on the wings of love, his fruitful bride. And maybe you'll be one of those who remain. <laughs> It's for you. So thank you, Heavenly Father. Let the people at the sound of my voice, those who are seeking you, let them be filled with your pure, heavenly, and holy thoughts. Sanctified imagination. Let them be stirred up within to walk in the fullness of the rich treasury of glory that is already inside of them. They'll be content to prosper and drink where they're planted. They're not going to wait on anybody else. They're going to start today beholding the Lord continually. Learning from you. Let them start to learn from you and from your angels, your holy angels. In the night season, while they sleep and while they wake, 
Let it be pure joy, fun, and bliss in all directions. I gotta tell you this about the pleasures of heaven. We really don't know. <clears throat> I had a little taste last night. I had an angel. I had an angel stick his finger up my nose, one of my angels. And you know, if you want to test the angels, the classic test in the word, because the fallen angels hate that the spirit of Jesus has come into fallen flesh and made his home in us. They hate our grace, the grace that God has given us. So what does the Bible say the test is? That any spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. So that's what I asked them. That's what I used to test them. Other prophetic people that we love and honor use the same test. And God does not mind. Jesus does not mind. The angels do not mind you testing them. It could be Jesus Christ himself with the nail holes and everything, and you could just ask him and test him with that. And they, don't, they really don't mind. They, they love it. They want you to be a discerner of the spirits. And if, if they are not a spirit, that will confess that Jesus Christ came in the flesh, well then tell them to leave. Rebuke them in Jesus' name. They don't have to be there. It works. You can rely on it. Because it's written in the word of God, so it's true, so don't worry, it will work for you. <laughs> Just do not worry, it is written. You don't want to sin on that one. Just believe the truth. It actually works. <laughs> You'll be alright. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, says the Lord. It's time for us to come out of the religious box and believe that these are the things that he has said, and they are true. It's the word of God living in you. walk in it, think about it, maybe find a friend and talk about it, someone who can encourage you, you can encourage each other, you can practice, share stories, I would advise it not to be anyone who's in unbelief or is going to ridicule, those are the kind of things that set your progress back, but don't worry about it, if someone does ridicule, call it, you know, some kind of mystic witchcraft. That's alright. You can just, you can share with the verses with them, or you can just go about your business and fly around the world healing people in the night seasons and talking to God, God your Father, hearing His voice. That's for you. He wants to see you, seeing Him, <laughs> knowing Him. Because when you get a direct word from God the Father, from Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. It takes away all the fear of man, the opinions, all the things that we thought we knew about. Mm. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful. And you can start tonight, you can start it today. 
There's no delay. You don't need to be anxious. You don't need to be afraid. Anxiety and fear are things that we repent of. So just thank you, Lord, for a fresh repentance. If anyone has anxiety or fear about encountering the Lord, encountering your angels, now you know what, how to test every spirit. Now you know what to do. They're simple activations. Basic, easy and light discipline for your daily life. If it worked for Brother Lawrence, if it worked for Gian Guyan, if it works for Brian Simmons, if it works, if these the tests work for Bobby Connor, if the waiting on the Lord worked for Benny Hinn and Catherine Coleman, how do we think these things aren't going to work for us? We're not bastard children. We're not orphans. So let that be released from your mind now. These things, they work for you. The word of God is living, alive and active. And the one thing comes to mind that Bobby Connor had said, the one thing that he had seen that was more that was more damaging and powerful that would get in the way of people believing and walking in the word of God was the traditions of men. So we just shake off and we brush off all our traditions. Don't they like, oh, I came out of, I'm in the drunken glory. I came out of tradition. Nope, we still got them. Brush them off, shake them off. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, I don't have to take my religion seriously. I don't need those traditions. It's that God's doing a new thing. We haven't seen it. But we're going to walk in it by grace. Oh yeah, the angel nose-picking story. This is very mystical, very spiritual seeing you hear about this. One of the most pleasurable experiences of my life. <laughs> Anybody here in the room pick your nose ever? One, two, we have two, three honest people. All right. <laughs> Everybody picks their nose, let's be real. But uh, I was in the spirit last night. And I didn't know, I thought I was completely fully awake, because your spirit body is actually more real than this. So you think, I mean, you, and it, the lights were out, so I was just kind of laying there in the dark. And you had the lights and the sparkles. So I thought I was just laying there in bed. And uh, the Lord says to me, <laughs> let this angel put his finger in your nose. And I test the Lord, you know, well, I better test that spirit. <laughs> I don't know what kind of demon is coming in here trying to pick my nose. <laughs> that was funny. This is real. This is a true story. I tell and the Lord, he, yeah, yes, this, yes, it's me. And, uh, okay. And, uh, <laughs> this angel puts his finger up my nose. And it was the most pleasurable sensation of my entire life. <laughs> and I was like, man, people don't know what they're missing out on. And then he's like, he said, and then the Lord made fun of me. He said, see, you don't even know the pleasure of heaven, how good it feels just for this angel to pick your nose. You have no idea what pleasure is. And I said, you're right. I don't. <laughs> and so then on the, all the way over here, just going go by the lake, I was like, man, you know, you see people when the sinners are out there in the sin 
and you can just you see like you know the pornography and the lust like the the word curses that are over them on account of the sins that they have it just it hovers over the heads and I was looking at and I was like man if only they knew how good it felt to pick your nose in heaven they would never laugh out <laughs> if you knew how good it feels for an angel to pick your nose you would never masturbate to pornography again I'm telling it sounds out there but you gotta experience it to believe it I'm telling you and it's not some sicko nasty you're you know y'all are nasty watching online but it's the pleasures of heaven the ver the chaste virgin glory experience of any literally you could talk to a flower and be in a trance and just it's it's such an exceeding pleasure i mean it's just like anything else is just a joke i'd rather have this angel pick my nose all day than <laughs> than sexual immorality because it's so much better and it's just such a it's just such a dumb thing that the dumb things of the lord are life-saving you know and then he told me you know check it out he said now that side because it, it was the side of my nose he said now watch the side of your nose is going to be completely clear you know you wake up you get little boogers you gotta blow your nose i know not you but me you know that's my that's that's my problem no one else deals with that because we're all perfect already but <laughs> I wake up, uh, but oh, before that, he told me to move my hand, and I went to move my hand, and then I woke up. I thought I was already awake. I was just awake in the spirit, in my spirit body, laying in my body. It was so crazy, because I knew I moved my hand, but then when I opened my eyes and I was back in my body, my hand had not moved. It was my invisible hand. And then when I got up, the hand that I moved had uh, gold dust glitter on it. But anyway, sure enough, I woke up, and this side of my nose was not super clear. There's definitely some boogers in there. And then on this side, <laughs> I, it was completely clear. I was like, what? I, I just, the most perfect breath. My whole nose on that side. I mean, way up. He probably put it all the way up into my brain. Probably like pulling the brains out like an Egyptian hook. Like, <laughs> we'll fix you. Don't worry. <laughs> you just need a little nose picking. It's funny, but it's it's true. This is a true story. I got excited. There was one day I was in my kitchen, listening and like, oh, ooh, this angelic being is assigned to me. And I heard the name and I looked it up. I was like, ooh, it's like Hebrew sounding. And I look up what it meant, and it was like, literally meant the idiot of God. <laughs> I'll take it. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the idiot of God anointing, if you want to receive it. Because the foolishness of God confounds the wisdom of the wise. <laughs> oh, amen. Amen. We love it. We have fun in the glory. But uh, yeah, if you'd like to uh, have an angel pick your nose tonight, <laughs> you just just receive it. <laughs> I hope they do come, even if you don't want it. It'll change your life. <laughs> we don't know anything about the pleasures of God. We really don't. But it's good. It's glorious. We love it. I just thank you, Lord, for the angels picking their noses tonight. 
Oh, thank you, Lord, for angels. The angels pick their noses. Pick their noses until they can't even sin anymore. They're gonna... It's gonna feel so good. <laughs> Part of that is exercising your senses. You're gonna feel the angel wings. You're gonna see the Lord. You're gonna hear... How great does it sound to hear the voice of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching you one-on-one -on -one in the night season while you sleep? Doesn't that sound nice? You guys want that? You guys want that on online? Yeah. So just hold your hands out and receive. I thank you, Lord, for these precious ones. I thank you for, oh, for calling them into a greater sanctification. Undeserved grace. Thank you for the undeserved grace that we don't deserve. For greater pleasure. Let the pleasures of heaven, your chaste, virgin King Jesus, and your holy ways, be formed within us to walk in these things and to learn directly from you heavenly father son and holy spirit and from your holy angels give us great discernment and help us to remember each time to test the spirits by your word to be in the word and daily beholding you seeing your face and if you don't know what jesus looks like you haven't had an encounter yet uh, you can take it from at least you know Bobby Connor and myself and many other people have seen Jesus in encounters and he does appear and look like the painting by Akian uh, Kramerick. Uh, somebody will put a, if you got someone will put a, uh, post that picture in the RLM group for people if they want to practice that. I noticed that helps a lot. If you haven't seen him or beheld him, yes, he can appear in many ways. He might appear like the great white eagle to you. Holy Spirit appearing like a dove, like a man of fire, a faceless man of fire. You might see God the Father, the appearance of the Father on the throne. But just to behold him, why is it? Well, why do I need this picture and medicine? Because it works. Why does the TV, radio, music, or when you drive around and you see the people, it goes into your eyes, the windows to your soul, into your soul, which affects your spirit, Gwen Shaw taught us all these things so start to fill your mind your atmosphere your home your thought life becomes your imagination life which is the life that you start to create because God has given you the ability as a little creator and we're growing in power and authority and it's good that you don't have all the crazy power and authority that you want right now because with that kind of uh, imagination and that kind of you know conscience things in the soul realm it might not be all that great the power he knows what he's doing he's a good dad he's not going to give you the keys of the car when you're five years old you crash it immediately so just have fun with the little bubble lawnmower behind you ever seen the little bubble lawnmowers we had those when i was when i was a kid there goes dad with the lawnmower there goes the little kid with the bubble just be happy with the bubble machine <laughs> bubble bubble ha 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 the bubbles are great. I'm safe in his hands when remaining in him and, and doing what I'm called to do in him. Drinking where I'm planted. Staying in the Psalm 91 secret place of the Most High God. There I will abide under the shadow of his wing. Holy Spirit, like a brooding mother hen. 
Your feathers cover me, they cover you. I don't concern myself with things too great for me, but I am content like a baby at the breast of its mother, resting, content. I need not, I want not. I'm so content with you. Holy Spirit, thank you for mothering us, fathering us, for bringing us into a greater realm of glory, glory to glory, deliverance to deliverance, virtue to virtue, rooting over us as the Spirit hovered over the waters, so the glory shall cover the earth as the waters of the Spirit covered the sea in the beginning. And you shall see the end from the beginning in my spirit. A cloud of glory encompassing you all around. You will be cloud riders, pure dove ones, full of pure love, innocent and free, happy and perfectly pleasured, In the chaste virgin glory of your king, heavenly Jerusalem coming through you. I share this story every now and again about the time I was sitting at my desk. I wasn't in an intense prayer. I wasn't praying in tongues. I wasn't worshiping. I was just doing my usual worship of just living life, working on creating what I love. I was creating graphics on a computer, just doing my job, having fun in the glory, just having fun making stuff. And in that place of enjoying where I'm planted, creating and making and working and doing these things, just enjoying the glory, being in the Holy Ghost, all of a sudden, from within me, opened a portal of heaven, and all I could see in front of me, and I'm at my desk, is a place looking like, like the garden, like a forest, a bubbling brook, the stream of living water. This majestic animal that looked kind of like a deer, but way more cooler than that. <laughs> Some beautiful creature of heavenly Jerusalem. It was just so beautiful. I was like, this is heaven. Little butterflies and flowers and colors that we don't even have that don't exist in this place. And after looking at it and I looked at this creature and it looked at me and I'm looking at the scene, it, shoo, it closed back up. But it came from within my spirit. Just prior to this, I had an encounter with the prince a prince of angels who's in charge of all the constellations in the night sky. And I was, I'd been upset that, that week and I was having a hard time and he came to comfort me. And he said some encouraging things and then he said, 
he said an encouraging word and he called me little one and he said you're a lot closer than you think and that was right before this experience happened of the portal of heaven visibly and physically opening up before my eyes I couldn't even see my my uh, desk or my window I was wearing both of my slippers and as it closed I realized that one of my slippers had fallen in it was my right foot my slipper fell in and at this point I'm tripping I mean there's nobody in the house with me. I'm look crawling I'm crawling on all fours under the desk surely it can't it can't it, was that a vision you know the human mind not comprehending the thing it still doesn't comprehend the things of the spirit but there was no way to explain it they went from both on my feet to one fell off into heaven and now the portal's closed and now it's in heaven and I don't have my slipper I, it was I, I, there was nothing under my desk I looked all around I scoured the whole house well did they hide it on the other side I'm like <laughs> looking like a crazy person running around the house looking for it it was nowhere and I, I had just vacuumed recently so I had this little sheepskin, you know, fake sheepskin IKEA rug in my <laughs> in my apartment, and I had just vacuumed under it the other day, and as everything's completely flat, everything's just you know, just. So I walk around and I have my one slipper, and I said, "All right, I'm talking to invisible people now. All right, you guys can keep it if you want it. Is this like a souvenir? Is there a purpose of God?" If you want to, I said, okay, uh, I was thinking about getting uh, new slippers anyway, so if you guys want to keep that one, like a weird souvenir, it's got a coffee stain on it, it's not the greatest slipper, y'all can keep it if you want, I'll just, maybe that's my sign to get new ones. Were they that bad? Like, do I, <laughs> I didn't think they, yeah. they're a little old, a little stained, but I think it was that bad. We'll get some new slippers, no problem. So I order some new slippers <laughs> and like a couple weeks later I'm cleaning my floors again and guess what that sheepskin rug on the other side of the house and I'd had I had had both of them on at the computer when I lost them but the other side of the house as I'm walking I trip over it it's under the sheepskin rug I was like well that sounds prophetic maybe some smart people can help me figure out what this means. <laughs> and so I just, just a trip out, not enough to fall and hurt myself, but just enough to look like an idiot in front of the angels. Praise God. Hallelujah. We do that a lot. It's all right. It's not about looking good. It's about obeying our father. <laughs> They're used to it. They know. They know what a dum-dum you are. <laughs> so... I get the slipper back and I'm holding it up. The slipper has returned! I'm like taking pictures and oh, you guys, it came back! <laughs> I'm, I'm freaking out. You thought, oh, that's right. We're mystical people. I'm like, oh my, the slipper has returned! Because <laughs> I think we'd handle that with a little more maturity. But it was exciting. I was just ecstatic. And it wasn't until recently I found out about the Sandal Covenant. And then the slippers have been sitting on a shelf in a box. And I haven't really touched them. They haven't really been speaking. They started speaking to me again recently. The Sandal Covenant. When a child, it says, unto us a child is, what is it? Unto us a child is 
born, and to us a son is given. So it's like a child is born, a son is given. But when the child, the, the boy in the family, or, you know, the son, comes to a certain age and the father is going to have him represent him as part of the family. He goes from child that nobody takes seriously in the leadership. They go to the city gate. I think it's like the wall or the city gate. And they go there with like the elders of the city, the, the businessman is like the who's who of the city of Jerusalem. And the father, they take the, basically they, they get, they, um, they do this something with the sandal and it has to do with your territory, your inheritance. You're like you are at that point, he is a son. He said, he'll say, this is my son. So when the father decrees, this is my son, from that point on, when he gives away the sandal, <laughs> the shoe, the one, <laughs> literally, from that point on, he is an, in, he, his inheritance is, is the father's. When he speaks, now the elders of the city will all take him seriously. He's, when, it, when he speaks to them now, it's as if the father himself is speaking. That's the place of sonship. And now, do you remember where Jesus was? In the river. The river is the gate. And when he was at the gate, the river is the gateway of New Jerusalem. There he was with his father, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and John the Baptist baptized him. And what did he say? This is my son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. That was the sandal covenant. That was the city gate announcing his son to the elders of New Jerusalem in the heavenlies. That's why his voice came from heaven at the gate, which was the river, where he sent his Holy Spirit. He descended upon him like a dove and remained. And from that point on, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> you can read the rest about it. Check us out on Facebook. Check it out on YouTube if you've been blessed by this ministry, by these wonderful people we have. Sow a seed. Give us money. Things take money to continue going and we're building and we're growing. And we're going to get you built up and walking in signs and wonders and miracles and healing. But most importantly, seeing what your father is doing and doing that. Hearing what your father is saying and speaking what he is saying. That is your inheritance, to know him, and that is eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Love you guys. Be blessed. May every seed sown tonight be a double portion of what we talked about tonight. Just a special blessing for those who want to sow into the now word and what God's speaking now.
that you'll begin to walk in it, live in it, and experience a greater glory.